For our first episode, we're going to talk about the history of victories and also where we're headed. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Men on Point, a podcast from Victories. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And since this is our inaugural episode, I thought I would take a moment to mention what this podcast is all about and what our goals are. Actually, first, let's let's back up a moment. Um, if you're not familiar with Victories, formerly known as Victories of the Heart, let me tell you more about this organization. Now, Victories offers a safe and empowering place for men to discover more about themselves, to connect with other men, and to build the meaningful life they deserve. We welcome all men wherever they are on their journey, and we invite men to consider our weekend programs as a step on their path of personal growth. Victories supports a healthy masculinity that is affirming and constructive. Through vulnerability, compassion, communication, and trust, We can make our families, our communities, our world a happy, safe, and vibrant space so that each and every person can thrive. Okay, so now you have an idea of what Victories is all about, but let's talk about this podcast. So Men on Point has one goal, to keep the conversation going. And that's what we do here. We'll be speaking with men inside and outside the Victories organization, having conversations about challenges men face and how to address those challenges. Along the way, we'll meet authors, filmmakers, therapists, doctors, coaches, and others who have wisdom that men are craving. Now, who am I? My name again is DJ Paris, and I went through my first Victories weekend in 2010. I've been active in the organization pretty much ever since and have attended many events and programs and have staffed events as well. I currently serve on the marketing committee, and I'm really thankful to Victories for allowing and trusting me to put this podcast together. I should also note that my comments are mine and mine alone and are not necessarily representative of Victories. I do not speak for the organization, but I am here to facilitate conversation and also have fun. So let's get started. For our first episode, I thought it would be important to talk to Dr. Paul Kachoris, who has devoted a significant part of his life to victories. I believe this will help men unfamiliar with victories get a better sense of what we do. And for the victories alumni who are listening right now, hopefully this will give you a greater sense of our history and where we're headed. I appreciate you taking this journey with me and I'm excited to bring to you some really great guests who have some really great things to say that hopefully will help you in your journey. Oh, one more thing. We need your help. Please share this podcast with everyone you know inside of Victories, but also men you know outside of the organization who you feel could benefit from listening. I thank you in advance for helping us spread the word. And now, on to my conversation with Dr. Paul Kachoris. Today, our guest is Dr. Paul Kachoris from Evanston, Illinois. Paul Kachoris, MD, is a triple board certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist in the original practice of psychiatry, treating the whole person with both dynamic psychotherapy for the psyche mind 
and with psychotropic medication for the brain as needed. He has been in continuous clinical psychiatric practice for nearly 50 years, treating thousands of patients. In the last 35 years, Paul has dedicated his expertise to victories, co-leading Breakthrough Weekends and co-creating the original Shadow Weekend. He has guided victories in many capacities, always seeking to instill the highest psychological principles to enrich the experiences of all victories, participation, participants, and staff. Welcome, Paul. We are so excited to have you as the very first guest for Men on Point. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, we, we're glad to have you. Um, now, you've been involved with Victories for over 35 years, and you're so visible within the organization that it's hard to imagine there was ever a time when you weren't part of Victories. How did you first hear about Victories, and what prompted you to explore it? Uh, it's a very, very funny uh, uh, question and a very funny answer because um I got involved with Victory in a very bizarre kind of way. I got involved actually through uh, Kevin Fitzpatrick, who uh, was is a social worker, and he was working on on my child psychiatric unit. And he he, he was talking to me about uh, Victories, and I kept thinking to myself, being a psychiatrist, what is all this men's stuff? That's not for me. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really very interesting that I was kind of like. Uh, not really like like all typical men i didn't really think it had any 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 had any worth for me uh so he went through the weekend uh several years before i did and uh tangentially i also knew uh, bob mark because he lives in evanston and bob mark is a psychologist and he's one of the founders of victories because buddy portugal and bob mark started victories in back in 1985 five in Evanston and they were both therapists and so they started having meetings on weekends with men because um because all the women their uh, patients that they were working with said you better do something for men because they need they need help basically that was it and so buddy and uh, bob started uh having weekend retreats and they started and it was, uh, it was it was called the men's room back then well anyway i knew bob mark from Evanston because we were uh, uh, friendly through the, through the school. And so he had asked me to do victories before I even talked to Kevin about it, but I told him, no, uh, that's not for me. You know, that's not for psychiatrists. <laughs> this is for, this is for other people. You can, you know, so anyway, uh, I did do victories in October of 1990. Uh, and it was transformational. That's how I got involved in victories. How did it transform you yourself? Because I imagine as a as as a clinician, as as also a doctor, a medical doctor, um, you probably I would assume started thinking about how it maybe applies to your own life, but also how it could help some of your patients as well. I'm curious on the effect it had on you personally. Well, I, it was dramatic. I went in on Friday night and back in, back in those years, we would go home Friday night. Then we, we would go back because the first weekends were held in Evanston. So I would, we would go back on Saturday morning from morning till evening. And then we would go home and come back Sunday. So we didn't have, it was not a retreat like it is now. So I came, I went 
Friday night. It was I was scared to death because uh, I was completely not in my comfort. Because I will, as a physician, you're always on top. Okay, you're you're calling the shots. So I for all those years beforehand. So this was really very very alien for me. But I I did it because I actually trusted Kevin. I think that was really the the reason. Uh, and, and he kept telling me that it would be important. So I did. It transformed me because on Saturday, the work is very, very deep and it's very individual. And um, it got to a very core piece of my heart. So basically, the answer is it circumvented my brain and the weekend got to my heart and it cracked me open. And I realized that I had been keeping myself under lock and key for all, all my years, not as a physician, but as a man, as a person. So that's what happened. That My heart just kind of like cracked open and I was able to experience and really talk about my feelings with other men who were doing the same thing. So I found, oh, you can do this. Prior to attending that first weekend, did you have those types of intimate, uh, vulnerable conversations with men friends, family, or was this filling a need for you that just really hadn't been filled before uh, your first weekend? That's a great question. I was completely isolated and completely alone. The only men in my life was my brother. Uh, and But no, I hadn't, I, even my closest friends, it was a very superficial, no, that's not something that I was a lot Felt that I was I, w- I wasn't supposed to do that. That as a man at that point, because you see, we're talking about 50, 60 years ago. That was even that was a different climate. I, I grew up where men didn't talk about anything, so I was brought up in that tradition. So I had no one until it it shocked me that men could really talk because I had those feelings in me, but I was terrified to admit them. When you found that there was a comfortable and safe place with a structure for safety that allowed you to connect with other men in a way that you hadn't before ever, um, what did that do for your life? Oh, my God, it was an explosion. Well, first of all, it exploded my relationship. It deepened my relationship with my wife and my three my three children. Uh they didn't know what the hell happened to me, <laughs> but it was a wonderful thing because it really just, um, it transformed my life um, personally with and, and even with some friends, but it also transformed my life. This is really significant. As a psychiatrist, I realized that I was not good enough as, as the psychiatrist or as the psychotherapist that I was. I realized that I became more effective working with my patients because I was able to touch my own emotional feelings and know what they were like. And then therefore I could also then help men and women, anybody who came to my office, it just transformed the the depth of my uh, practice. But prior to attending victories, I'm curious professionally as, as a, as a, as a medical, you know, a professional, I'm curious on, did you understand the importance of uh, talk therapy and, and getting more into the emotions? Because of course, psychiatry traditionally is a medical model 
um, of of treatment where you're looking for medical solutions. Did did you prior to victories have a good awareness of the importance of of psychotherapy or adding that in to complement the medical model? Well, I was brought up having having been trained to do psychotherapy because as a child psychiatrist, I also worked with children. And so I was really, in, I was trained very Freudian and very Jungian. So back when I went through through psychiatry, psychiatrists were trained to do psychotherapy and medication. It was, it's changed now. That's not the way it is, but I was brought up and I was trained to, I had the formal training. I had, I knew how to do all of that, but I guess what, what I really got was it became more relevant and more significant it, it, that what the work that I was doing uh, was more significant than ever for me personally. And that I was always able to do very good work with my patients because it, I guess what I'm saying to you is that my personality was coming through, even though I was not aware of what I was doing, because I was really connecting on a very deep level with everybody I worked with. And how did it affect your your private practice where you're now able to have had connections yourself, where you're able to do your own work within victories during the weekend? You talked about how coming home, your kids, your your wife uh said, Wow, what dad's dad's dad and uh, you know, and 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 uh Paul has they've changed. He's changed and he is he's becoming um, you know, maybe a better version of what they knew before you or a more whole version. Um I'm curious in how it also affected your relationships with your your patients. I think the point you, you you touched on it. I think the word whole it made it it made me feel very connected with all of myself. So I didn't have fears any longer that I could really probably push the emotional level more with my patients. Uh, I think also um, it transformed me from just being a very cognitive. Because that's I had all that cognitive experience, so I was able to touch my limbic system, my emotional system more, uh, and uh, it, it 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 really helped me to become more human. I guess I think that I maybe it was a much more structured cognitive psychiatrist, knowing how to do it all. I could do the psychotherapy, I can do the medication, I could do family therapy, I could do play therapy, I could do everything. But I think what I I, I think I added the humanistic factor, however you want to talk about it. I think that if anybody would ask me today, what kind of a psychiatrist are you? I would say, oh, oh, I'm a humanistic psychiatrist. And I treat the mind and the body. And, you know, so, you know, if you need medication, I'll give it to you. But I don't believe medication is the number one answer. But we are, the brain is, is an organ, like, like the liver. And so it goes wrong. And so you got to know how to work with the, the, the neurotransmitters. But it became more humanistic as the answer, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. It sounds like you were able to maybe even understand more about what your patients uh, emotionally are, are dealing with and, and yeah. having some experiences yourself of transformation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you just bring tears to my eyes because that's exactly what happened. I think you capture it better than I could even say it. But what you just well, said seriously well, I, is what happened. Well, I'm 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 glad that to, to hear that in in your own in your own words. And, and so you you got home from your your original weekend. You were transformed. Your family sees changes in you. And and then how did you continue to be involved in victories? Because there's a lot of a lot of men who who you know they attend an event. They have an 
whether it's a victories event or another organization, they have a powerful experience and, and then maybe they don't continue on with their work uh, for whatever reason, but you, you did. And so I'm curious on how then you got involved with the organization even more so. Well, I think one, because of the, 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 it awakened me uh, and, and, and I write poetry. So I ended up writing a poem about my weekend, which is called the armadillo, but that's another story. But, but I, I, I realized the significance for me, but it hit me the significance of, of other men. And it became a passion for me. This is, I, I realized that uh, I had been living under this whole rubric of maybe uh, not, not toxic masculinity, but a very closed masculinity. And I realized that, that I, that I needed it. And once I needed it, and I was in connection with Buddy and Bob and with Kevin, uh, it was, it became very important, my, my relationship with them, but also I felt it was important to take my knowledge and use it for men. And I just felt that uh, I, it became a, um, a, a mission for me. I found a purpose other than being a psychiatrist and treating people, which is a great, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. That's a great profession that I have, but this was another add on. Okay. This became something really passionate. And I decided that this, this would be a good way for me to use my knowledge, my academic knowledge and my personal knowledge for victories. And so I decided I wanted to serve, serve victories in men. And, and serve you have, I believe you've likely been on just about every, uh, every committee that exists within victories. And there are many you have served and continue to serve on their board. And how long have you been part of victories leadership now? Has it been since basically that very first weekend? Yeah, because you see once, uh, once I did the weekend that uh, buddy and Bob wanted to expand victory. So then they hooked Kevin and I up because we were friends before. So that's, so we started doing break. We, well, back at that time, we called them, the, you know, the, the men's room. And, and so the first few times we did them, um, uh, at central partners, which was the, the, the facility in Evanston, but then back in, Two, three years later, back in the early 90s, Buddy and Bob did move them to residential. And so they took Kevin and I on the, on, on the first re- the first residential that Buddy and Bob did. They took Kevin and I on. And so then we were apprenticed with them. And then we started, we spent, we began having uh, running weekends ourselves. We ran two weekends uh, a year and Buddy ran two weekends a year. And then we continued and we added other men. And so the leadership then. So I've been in actually in leadership pretty much from the beginning. And and even more than just serving and helping grow the organization, which you continue to do uh, all these years later, you also have created uh, programming for victories in particular. So we were just talking about what what maybe today would be known as the breakthrough weekend. I don't know if it, what it was called back, back then maybe was, I forgot, was it called just the weekend? Actually it was really, first it was called the men's room. Then Mm. we evolved and we called it, called it the initial weekend. Okay. But that was kind of lame because it didn't mean anything. And so we brainstormed back along the way until we all, we sat down one day, a, a bunch of us 
and we put like about 500 names on the wall. And we finally came through with the word breakthrough because that's what happens. We finally figured that's when we decided to call it breakthrough. Well, now that we're on the topic, I I would love for anyone of our listeners or viewers who isn't familiar with the breakthrough weekend, um, could you just give us a a little taste of, of what, what that is and, you know, what men, you know, without giving away all of, all of the, the, the fun things that men learn once they're there. Um, but just sort of why people attend. Well, uh, there's many reasons why why men end up going on the weekend, but uh, the the breakthrough basically is the breakthrough that we all experience, which is getting connected with our inner parts, our inner self, the parts of us that we don't want to to show, and particularly uh, we men don't want to show it to other men. Okay, so it's about vulnerability. I think of that. Uh, so why men men come to the to the breakthrough weekend for multiple reasons. They come because usually uh, there's this, this phenomenon called the midlife passage or the midlife crisis, somewhere between 40 to 50, which is really the highest incidence of men getting depressed, the highest rate of suicide for men in that area at that time. So uh, depression, being isolated, uh, divorce, uh, health reasons, heart attacks, uh, uh, being fired from their job. Something there's a crisis. So usually, men, the men that we do get at that time, who come are really, they're in some pain, some emotional pain. So when they, so the one the weekend, it basically helps men to understand what what's happened to them, uh, helping them to learn how to talk with each other, helping them because it's really uh, Friday night is really kind of uh, interesting because uh, it, there are a bunch of men who don't know each other. And they're isolated and they're afraid and alone. And I, I know you know because you've gone, you've gone through it and so have I. Uh, so, but happens is that, but the phenomenon is that men recognize that they're not alone. So by Sunday, the breakthrough is, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, I'm vulnerable. It's okay to be that. And I'm not a wuss. And that's really healthy. And that's what happens. I mean, in a nutshell, I, I don't know how else to explain, but, and, and the things that we help them get there is we have like a smorgasbord. They, we give them a little taste Friday night, Saturday morning, you know, and they keep, we keep feeding them. We don't know what, what we don't know which is going to be which for each man, but uh, every, every, every man who go, you, goes through usually finds something that, that uh, wakes them up. Yeah. I, I have always been impressed with the community that it, that victories creates for men who, as you were even saying, when you first got involved, that you almost didn't maybe realize that you were missing. And then when I when when I first went through and, and had a taste of, oh, as you said, I'm not alone. There are other people like me who are struggling um, in, in similar or different ways. Um, and we can be there to help each other and and get some guidance and, and understand some processes that are safe and effective to build intimacy uh, and vulnerability, that that is a very powerful experience. In particular for men, I, I think maybe I've, I've noticed that women tend to be more oriented to having those experiences. Maybe there's more structures in play for them and victories really f- seems to fulfill 
a deep need that that men have to connect and and say, hey, I'm struggling and I need some help. And and other men say, sure, well, we're gonna we're we're, we're with you. Um, that's I, absolutely correct. That that's exactly the the experience. Uh, you know, and and so we're talking about the breakthrough weekend, which is often the initial weekend that somebody will experience, but. The journey doesn't necessarily stop there. You were instrumental in creating a, a different program, which which is a more advanced program within Victories called the Shadow Weekend. Um, can you talk a little bit about what the Shadow Weekend is and, and why you were so passionate about it? Sure. Uh, I think I was in, I, I know I was influenced by uh, Carl Jung and Carl Jung spoke about it. So what I brought to Victories was a lot of this intellectual stuff. And you, I love all that reading and all that kind of stuff anyway but the carl jung uh talks about archetypes so the archetype that we did for the breakthrough weekend is really called the lover archetype and the lover archetype is about connection and relationship and opening up uh he talks about the the that when we and that's the persona that's the face that we show uh he also speaks that the face that we show the world there's the shadow part of us that we keep we keep private and so uh, in order to really complete the um i had to go through the shadow weekend myself and there was no shadow weekend in chicago so after i had done the, the initial breakthrough weekend myself uh a year later i found a, a jungian uh shadow workshop out in san francisco so i went out there and i did the shadow weekend for myself and i found that yes, I have this persona, this is who I am on the outside, you know, I'm a doctor, blah, 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 all the good stuff. But there's another part of me, you know, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. That's the, if you want to have an idea, that's the paradigm. So it's the Jekyll and Hyde. So I found, I, I found the other part of myself. So when I came back to Kevin and I said, we got to, we can't, it's not, the journey is not complete for men. That was the academic thing that I brought. The journey is not, is not done when you do the, the breakthrough you got to do the other half so that you can then have a dialogue with the part of you that you don't even want to see <laughs> so that's how we decided to do the shadow weekend and that's really uh if anything the creation that i'm re really the most proud of because of the breakthrough weekend was really the foundation was set by buddy and bob now and we we have just used their spine of the weekend to uh, to enlarge it the Shadow Weekend was something that Kevin and I created, and that was really our our baby. And we did um, we did ten or twelve Shadow Weekends, and they're just they're really um, it's incredible. I think every man who goes through the Breakthrough Weekend has to do the 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 Shadow Weekend because then you complete the the picture of yourself. And so, from what I understand, Shadow Weekend is about getting in touch with the parts of you that maybe are shrouded in feelings like shame or guilt, or I shouldn't uh, have sort of imperfect, what I consider to be imperfect thoughts or imperfect action, but it is part of me. And is, is the shadow weekend about bringing that stuff from, from the shadows, uh, pardon the pun, um, into, into more of, of, a. a embracing that i have various aspects of 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 myself as an individual that some of which i i is easy for me to share with the world and with myself 
other parts are are more difficult. Is is that a fair way to think about the shadow? That's that's really excellent. It's about really consciously recognizing that we can do harm, that we have negative pieces, and rather than hiding them, we accept them. And by accepting them, they don't bite you in the ass. Think about uh, uh, Nixon. But think about all these men and women who are in high positions of power and they end up, their shadow ends up destroying their lives. Uh, we're watching it happen right now in our country. Yeah. So, so yes, it's about conscious, conscious recognition and embracing it with understanding and love and compassion so that you, you, we can, we can embrace the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful in us and, and embrace it all and be kind to ourselves and say, okay, fine. I'm not perfect but I'm not bad either. So that's exactly what you just said is really the, the uh, experience of the integration, the conscious acceptance that I have this in me. Yeah. I imagine that is a, as a tough pill to swallow for a lot of, of men who have been ignoring or repressing or pretending that the darker parts of, of each of us uh, aren't, aren't don't exist uh, or we don't want them to exist because they're messy and yeah i i, I want to read something that um i, I made a cd of uh, the shadow weekend but anyway uh this is what this is carl jung's comment he says no tree can grow to heaven unless its roots reach down to hell did you like that i i i i'm, I'm taking that in because i absolutely Absolutely love that, and um, that's him, not me. Well, it's it's very it's very well said. It reminds me of an expression that I I'm not going to get perfect, but it's a Native American expression, which has to do with something to the effect of uh, no tree is or no tree is foolish enough. To, or, or no branch on a tree is foolish enough to fight with it itself. In other words, like the branches of a tree. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't say it's that beautiful. as elegantly as I should have, but, but I guess the idea is that we all have different types of branches and some of those are lighter and easier to accept. Others are, are darker. Beautiful. And beautiful. if we, if we don't acknowledge the entire, entire tree and what it does, um, yeah. you know, right. It, right. it's not going to grow correctly. Um, now with respect to your own practice how have you seen uh, how have you seen men really benefit from going through the breakthrough weekend and the shadow weekend and staying connected because in victories for for those that aren't familiar they're not just pr- weekend programming uh, those are the, the major events that that men can attend but then there's i guess what what i might call aftercare which which or community is maybe a better way is that you can continue on uh having um you know regular interactions maybe with the men that you went on the weekends with or other men who who have been in victories um who who are looking to continue that connection and have regular meetings where you can continue to share what's happening in your life uh, i'm just curious on how you've seen that impact people over gosh 35 years now that's a great question. Um, I can, as you were talking, the, the word that came, came to my mind was accelerant. Accelerant. 
um, that many men that I worked with in my own practice would go on the weekend, not on my weekend, but on other men's weekends, because I didn't want them to be with me on the weekends. Uh, but uh, they come back accelerated. I mean, it's like adding, adding, I don't know, some uh, fire fluid, you know, to, 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 it just accelerates the, the therapy uh, and it becomes deeper. Um, and uh, we encourage men who are in therapy when they do the weekend to, to go back into therapy because they, they get, they get a fuller picture. So I have found that uh, it doesn't hinder. It just helps men grow faster and they're able to make connections to other parts of themselves that maybe they, they missed in the individual. The other piece I, I need to just think about right now, I tell you, there's this whole concept called embodiment. And this, this is a good place to talk about it for a second. Embodiment means just what the word says, embodiment. That when you're sitting in the office and you're talking about feelings and you're talking about your life, it's a one-to-one -one like you and I are having. Uh, when you go on the weekend, not only are you talking about it, but your body is moving. You do activities. You do uh, psychodrama. You do things that bring, it's about, it's one thing to understand ourselves up here in the, in the brain, but the body needs to learn it. And you don't learn it as fast in the office as you do on the weekend. So the, what, the, what, the, what happens is they come back with an embodiment. They have a, a gut feeling of the issues that they were talking about in the office. They get, they experience them on a gut level, body wise. So the body has to learn too, you know, it's a, that's the, that we, we truncate ourselves here, you know, from the, at the neck. So I think that's one of the things that's an, it's an accelerant, it's an embodiment. And um, though those are the positives that I see. And as an organization, you've seen a lot of changes in growth within victories itself. Uh, being able to offer more services to the members, being able to offer different experiences on the weekend uh, with different weekend programming and ongoing events that Victories promotes that are are you know shorter duration. Um, they bring in speakers. They have different workshops and lots of different programming. I'm curious and how you've seen victories evolve. We, we uh, also there, we have new committees um, just tackling maybe even some social issues, you know, and I'm curious on, on, uh, you know, how you've seen victories continue to evolve. It's interesting. Um, I think we're evolving because our culture is evolving. Men, men, when I grew up as a little boy, many many years ago there was a certain kind of stereotype of what what a man was i think that the evolution of what a man is today in our culture what the young men are doing in the, in the, in the 20s and the 30s uh so i so i so we're evolving because we have to pay attention to the fact that men are different men are not the kind of men that I was, uh, that I was. I mean, there are a lot of us around yet, but they're a lot more different. You know, we're talking about, uh, uh, we're talking about diversity. We're talking about, uh, the, uh, uh, the, um, George Floyd's death a couple of years ago has had a huge transformative awakening up effect for, 
for for uh, us because we really have been more like a North Shore. We really have we've reached out to men of color, but we really have not been extremely successful. I think that uh, we're, we're we're becoming uh, larger. Uh, we're recognizing that the community of men are gender and gay and bi and 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 also the men of color. So we're we're waking up. I think that over the last few years, I've seen we we did we, we used to we did reach out to community. We had community events. We gave to to charities, but it was always. A bunch of us on the North Shore doing this. This is this this is different. I I think that we're a very uh, seminal moment in victories. That we're becoming larger. Uh, uh, we're having a sexuality uh, uh, seminar at the uh, coming up in October. Uh, we have a diversity committee. We're looking at not only men of color, but we've had gay men on our weekends. We've had uh, trans trans human beings coming on the weekend so and we're able to to grow and to accommodate so we're we're moving in that direction that's how i see the difference yeah it seems like victories has really in the last many years recent years made a huge effort that i've i've noticed as well and i know that sometimes communication uh from victories leadership is is uh, is challenging to keep the members informed of, of what's happening um because there's so much happening and it's uh, everyone's so busy in their lives it's it's easy to sort of miss some of the cool things that victories is doing to support different types of members that maybe didn't get as as much attention um as as previously and there's now diversity committees there with you know inclusion committees there's in committees to make sure that that anyone who wants to really get involved with with victories um you know can, know, can learn about it and and also too it's there there are sponsorships or there's scholarships rather for men that are even economically disadvantaged that can still attend some of the programming and uh i think that's that's right in line with how I see victories helping men. Yes, they are an organization and they need funding to continue, but they they give back quite a bit uh, to to people who otherwise wouldn't maybe have access to uh, professional help um, and communities uh, that victories have, have created. I think it's yeah, it's that, that's quite true. We've ne- we've never of all the years that I know we've never turned anybody away because of no one have had, didn't have money. We give them a scholarship. Other men will help out, so no, no man, any man can come, whether they have money or not. And outside of the weekends, you and also the leadership that you've been involved in with the various committees and being a board member, you are also active in your own work within Victories. So, um, can you talk a little bit about how, why you still are are you know, doing your own work personally. And, and you mentioned earlier that yes, you're never done. Um, and there's always more work to do, of course, on, on anyone, um, for, for the, for their own challenges. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, what, why do you continue to do it today is, is, you know, not everyone would stay with an organization for 35 years. 
but you have, and and you are not just a leader, but you're a participant as well. In fact, you you are probably you'll participate in maybe more events than just about any member of Victories. So you are not just somebody who leads the charge; you're also part of the group. And can you talk about what that means to you to still be part of the part of the audience? Uh, gosh, uh, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know other than I get a lot of satisfaction out of um, out of being able to help. I know the beauty of of of, um, of enlightenment. I know the beauty of in my own life of how the more I've learned, the more I become happier and the more expansive. And I just uh, I never really no one's ever asked me this question before. It's bringing tears to my eyes because I didn't realize hmm, why I'm doing it. I think I'm doing it for a lot of selfish reasons. <laughs> so I'll take, I, I own, that's my shadow. Uh, my shadow gets a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, out of it. I, I love the work. I love the, uh, I love the praise. I love working with you. So I get, I get a lot out of it. Uh, personally, that's, that's the shadow part of me. That's the narcissistic part of me. But there's, there's more to me than that. I mean, there's the enlightened part of me that, um, I want other people to, um, experience the joy i guess you really got me uh well i i, I honor you for your vulnerability you. uh it's really I, I never realized that it's joyful for me and on, on, on the end of on the weekend when at the end on sunday and the joy that i see in, in the men's eyes and i just feel that um i want everybody to have that joy Sounds like a, a gift that continues to give, not only to to the men that you support, but also to yourself. And and that's I think that's clear. And yeah. uh, thank you True. for 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 sharing uh, that that side of you. Um, and yeah, you got me. You got me a bit too. I'm. Uh, I never you 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 ask a good question. I didn't know I would get to this at all. Not at all. Well, well, it's 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 easy with somebody who as has such a, an impressive uh, history with the organization and you are extremely well respected in your field professionally i was uh, just just as a pull back, pulling back the curtain a little bit on 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 me just because it just happened in an hour before we started i was uh doing my own individual therapy uh, <laughs> and my 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 therapist just happens to be in uh, evanston illinois as well just coincidentally and i said oh i'm i'm starting uh, i'm going to be hosting this show for victories and and she said, "Oh, that's great." And and I said, "Yeah, you might even I, you may know my first guest uh, uh, or the first guest that we're having." And uh, Doctor Paul Kachoris. And she goes, "She she said um, her name her name is is Jean." Anyway, she said, "Oh, I I I know of him, and you know she's he is a wonderful man." So it's it's really oh. funny that just prior to us coming on, I was able to <laughs> to talk with somebody who doesn't know you personally but knows of you and the effect you've had on you know, people in, in not only the Evanston community with your private practice and also just, you know, within victories itself. Um, so your, your reputation is, is certainly impressive and also well-deserved. Um, it's very Jungian that you talk to the, the Jung would love that because he talks about synchronicity and serendipity. So he would say, now if he were with us, he'd say, Hey guys, that's not an accident. <laughs> this, this was meant to happen. Well, that's what he it, would say. 
it 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 is I, it was a nice thing to happen this morning uh, and it was a good reminder that to that you know capturing conversations with people who are within the victories organization and also outside of victories who are involved in men's work is really important i think for posterity and understanding history and you know you are somebody who has essentially been part of the build, you know, the construction team of victories for 35 years and you, you show up, you continue to show up. Um, it's obvious to, to people within the organization, of course, how much you, you are present and continue to be, uh, as, as you, you know, move through life. Um, I'm just curious on if, if there was my last question is about if you could wave a magic wand over the victories organization where fine you know financing or, or or money wouldn't is no isn't an issue that we could reach anyone that we wanted to um what would be your wish for victories as it continues to evolve this is you know what direction would you like to see it continue to head in well it's interesting uh i think if i had and I've had fantasies about this, by the way. I keep thinking that if I win the lottery, the number one thing I would do is I would set aside a foundation explicitly for men, and it would be like a men's institute of some sort. Victories, but all, all, there are multiple men's organizations in Chicago and around the country. So now Victory's not the only one. There's many multiple, and they're all wonderful organizations for men. I would like to do something that would not only bring victories together, but really make a call, you know, make begin to make a national input how crucial it is for men to change. So that to me would be my number. So that my one would be that. Also, I'd love to have a building, a place that would be called like Victories Building, a nice big building somewhere that we can have uh, meeting rooms, auditoriums. I don't know, but I would like that. Uh, I would like to be able to be able to have as many outreach programs as we can. Uh, so I would just like to ex to expand and include uh, uh, as many men as possible. But we also have to really honor women. Women are very powerful in supporting. One of the things I had I need to mention is that so many women have re have been instrumental in the in, in in supporting victories and making it happen. So, but that would be my, my, my large one. And then I think just continuing the other piece is uh, con continuing to, to keep our own victories men community together with each other, more connections, more making sure that all these groups that we have, you know, we've talked about that before. I think that's also very important to keep a connection and keeping the organic victories of all the men who've gone through going because what happens a lot of times men splinter off again so those are those are the, the the kind of the ideas and all and um we're also working on a program for 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 young men between 20 and 30 because i think this is a very important called like the the, the half the quarter crisis and that's another piece that we we need so i think looking at the organization and Looking at other needs and, and, and providing more, you know, we have a couples couples uh, program now, and we need to look at a quarter crisis, and so, you know, that's kind of where my mind goes. Do you mind just explaining quarter crisis? That's a term I I wasn't I'm not familiar with. 
quarter crisis is something that's that's been looked at over the last few years by by actually by uh, adolescent and young uh, adolescent psychiatrists and psychologists. Uh, <clears throat> it's the it's um somewhere between twenty and thirty uh, is a very vital moment where men and women they, you, it's, it's your you you begin to you know uh, um it's it's about identity formation it's about who am I how am I going to be in the world. How am I going to have a relationship with whom am I going to have a relationship? It seems to be more acute now than ever. And you can probably see a lot of men in the 20s to 30s and women. There are many of them, a lot of many, particularly young men in the mid 20s don't have a job. They're in the basement of their parents' house. So that's what we're looking at. That's what the, and the, the quarter crisis is who am I going to be? As a, as an adult, I'm, I, I came out of my adolescence. I have a work, a job or a college, but then, then what? You know, what is my identity? How am I going to work in the world? How am I going to make a, a place for myself? What am I, what talents do I have? Those are the questions. That's the crisis that we're having. That's- Those men are, are the men in their twenties are probably some of the most challenging to reach, um, because yep. They are still, as you said, finding their way. They're also limited in resources usually at that at those ages, uh, or most limited. I know I was most limited during those times that that time of my life, um, and I didn't. I was still growing and and still trying to, as you say, find your way. And I don't recall there being a lot of programming available, or if there was for me at that age, I didn't come across it. So I think, I think that's a very noble effort to try to think about how do we reach men at that age and, and support them. Yeah, well, we have a subcommittee already in the Breakthrough Weekend Leadership. Of course, of course. I, you, you, anyway, yes, we, ha- we've been, we already have been talking about it and we're trying to see if can, can we bring something to fruition in 2023 that's we're working on it now it's it's really impressive because you're essentially creating programming to cover the entirety of someone's uh life you have breakthrough weekend for for a good introductory course for for men who already are maybe past that initial 20s to 30 you know sort of range where where they're not even aware that this sort of uh, these these events and programming exist then you're working on something for for the men uh, uh, you know who are younger and then we also what we didn't mention, and we can we you know we don't have to talk about it in detail here, but we have programming as well for men in the later stages of life, um, which is uh, you know could you mind sharing just a little bit about that as well? Oh, absolutely, and I would be remiss because you see, Buddy and Bob, of course, being the great creators that they are and were, Bob is still with us. Buddy uh, has really been an inspiration. He passed years ago. Uh, but they went ahead afterwards and created the wisdom years, and which has been a it's been a magnificent magnificent program to cover fifty sixties and seventies, and so that that continues. And so we now at this point in time we do have not only the breakthrough weekend, the shadow weekend, uh, we also have the wisdom years, and then we created another one in between called the best self. So the best self is another one. So we're so but but yes, it's crucial. If you've done the breakthrough, when you get to be 60, 50, 60, 70, it's crucial 
to look at the wisdom years because that's when we decide what are we going to do with uh, our lives then because now our lives are kind of ending and how do you keep yourself going so so the and and then you can be sit with, with other men who are going through the same you know physical changes sexual diminishing on and on so there's a lot of, so we have that so we we you're right i think we look at just to sum it up I, we look at victories as a continuum from the beginning to the end of our lives and having programs for the different phases of, of human development, like a curriculum. We, we, we talk about it in the program committee that victories offer offers a curriculum through the life stages of men. Well, I think that is a perfect summation for, um, for victories as an organization. And I am hopeful that our audience now has a better awareness of what victories is all about your role in the organization and also some of your own personal transformation that you've experienced and also your authenticity uh i believe is is has come through in just crystal clear uh in in this conversation and so uh choosing you as or, or having you uh as our first guest i think is 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 really appropriate and uh, uh we are grateful for uh, your years of of service to the organization of course as well as um you know being a part of this podcast and, and being a real champion for getting this uh launched as well we should i should mention that paul was was instrumental in in helping us you know, develop this product to reach hopefully more, more men and also continue to support our existing members. And, um, so we are so grateful, Paul, um, to have you on the show. And, uh, we want to thank you on behalf of everyone within victories, of course, as, as well as everyone listening, who's now been introduced to you for the first time, um, for, uh, coming on and talking from the heart, uh, about your experience with the organization. So we, um, want to thank everyone on behalf of Paul and myself for, for making it to the end of our first episode. And please that we ask you, uh, if you found this to be valuable to just think about telling one other man about the, uh, about the show. In fact, don't have to, it doesn't even have to be a man. You can tell anybody you'd like who might benefit from hearing this great conversation with Paul. And you can always visit the Victories website, which also has information about the podcast at victoriesformen.org. Again, victoriesformen.org. If you're listening to this on a podcast app, you, the, if you look in the show notes, you'll see a link to uh, to the Victories website as well as our social media. And you can learn about our programming and different events uh, and get involved in, in many different ways. Well, Paul, uh, thank you for your time and your service. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Paul. I'm humbled and honored. Thank you.